You do something to warm us up this time. <laughs> <laughs> we have to come in casually. As if we weren't paying attention to the fact that we're recording and then suddenly just, oh, sorry, turn to face camera. Like, I didn't uh, see you there. Uh-huh. Okay, so so you, you try. Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't see you there. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Why, we were just here to record a podcast. <laughs> just to talk while the phone happens to be recording. Yeah, just, is that a microphone? That is a microphone. Oh, so interesting. I didn't expect that at all. No, not in the slightest. <laughs> Why would we ever expect that there would be a microphone listening to us directly after we watch a movie as good as Ghostbusters? As good? As good. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we just watched Ghostbusters. For our podcast that we call Madness and Movies, where we examine madness through the lens of pop culture or, okay, this is a new slogan I kind of like popped into my brain at two in the morning. Uh-huh. Finding madness where you least expect it. Oh, Something to that effect. I like that. I like that. I think that could be fun. That's fun, yeah. Yeah. We'll just alternate them or switch them yeah, around yeah, or just yeah. come up with different ones every week. Or that just... should go on the website. Or like... Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's the thing that people don't get is when they're recommending movies to us they're always recommending movies... With the madness already in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, it's a movie about a mad person. Like, uh. <laughs> Yeah. We want to watch Ghostbusters and then convince you that Dan Aykroyd is, uh, I don't know. I don't know. He's, no, not anything. But yeah. this is my, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Groundhog Day and convince you that Bill Murray is mad or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or that it's an allegory for a mad narrative or something mm-hmm, to that effect. Mm-hmm. Queering madness. Queering madness. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I gotta say, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters was not a particularly fertile ground for queering. No. Yeah, I wasn't really... I didn't see that much madness in it. Yeah, we really, really, really expected more. Yeah, I also didn't like it very much. So okay. I, I just I don't understand what you like about this movie or what people like in general about this movie. Explain why you don't like it first. Pitch me the counter. Okay, I feel like there's no characters. Oh. <laughs> there's no, like, I don't know. I just, I didn't, like, sympathize with any of the characters. I felt like they were all just, like, stereotypes or, like, creepy, rapey. (laughs) (laughs) It was, like, either a creepy, rapey man or, like, just, like, oh, she's the hot girl and there's nothing else or just, like, she's the receptionist or just, like, oh, he's the, like, nerdy, disabled guy. Like, there's just... Flat, 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 flat. Yeah, I just didn't, like, feel like they were real characters um, I guess, like, some of the jokes were funny, but I guess because it's an 80s movie, like, by now, like, I've seen all those jokes, like, a lot of times. I guess maybe at the time they were original. Yeah. And, I mean, I think I think that's probably a lot of the problem. Yeah. The jokes are constantly evolving and growing and, like, layering on each other and, like, you know, they did such and such, but we'll, you know, everybody's trying to one-up each other and yeah. building off of, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants and all that. 
Yeah, I guess so that was part of it for me that I like I felt like I had heard most of the jokes. Um I mean I loved Ghostbusters 2, the one mm. that recently came out. I No, that's not Ghostbusters 2. Oh. No, Ghostbusters 2 came out like a couple years after this one and like uh. the slime monster took over the Statue of Liberty uh. and like stomped through New York oh, and I it was it, it's not as good. No, no, no I'm talking the about new the new Ghostbusters. One. Yeah, the, the new, new Ghostbusters. Okay, sorry. That wasn't the right. Yeah. So I love I absolutely just adore the new Ghostbusters. Um uh-huh. but yeah, I just I don't know. I just Prepare didn't. to be unpopular on the internet. That's <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, everybody hated it. But, I mean, only just because they're misogynistic, right? Like, it was, like, a really well-done film. Yeah, I think... I've never seen it, but that was my impression. Yeah, I don't think anybody had, like, valid reasons to dislike it. I think... I think they were just being, like, oh, no, it can't be women in this world. (laughs) But, like, it it was great. It was funny. Yeah. Um, There were real characters. (laughs) It's always fascinating. No, it's always fascinating, like, this experience of, like... You know, you can, the the definition of the original, the authentic, or the whatever is so fluid that whatever somebody sees first, if it's the first, you know, yeah. if, you, if the first, my first Van Halen album uh, was 1984. That's always going to be the original, the essential, the fundamental <laughs> Van Halen album because just because that's the first one I bumped into, <laughs> and everything else is created in comparison to that mm-hmm. oh this one's louder oh this one's weirder oh this one's whatever but it's always in comparison to 1984 uh-huh. and I feel like that's Ghostbusters for you no because no? I had seen this before my mm. dad made me watch this when I was like I don't know 9 or 10 and I fell asleep my mom oh. and I we both Ooh. fell asleep Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so boring but I also like I couldn't tell the difference at that age between any of the characters. I remember getting that's Lu- a real problem. I that's got Lewis real... confused even with like the other four, like the Ghostbusters. I just wow. like didn't know. I didn't know who Sigourney Weaver. I was like, who is this girl? Because like she's not a real character. Like she's just an image. So yeah. like I don't know. I like it's now. I look at it and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a boring movie. Yeah, and also like bad. I don't know, costume or character design or whatever, that not only are they four white guys about the same height, about the same age, with about the same haircut, the the movie then immediately puts them into matching jumpsuits. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, ooh, (laughs) ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Just salt in the wound, kick them while they're down. Like, it... This is the first. This is the first watch through where I've successfully been able to follow which one is <laughs> Ray the entire time. Like Ray is the most generic, just like yeah. See, I wasn't. I yeah, kept getting him yeah. confused. Yeah. Okay, so we should probably summarize this first. Yes. For people who, who have had the fortune of not oh. seeing. Ooh. <laughs> ah. You'll convince me to like it though. I, I don't I, know I if you can be convinced. Be cool. I don't. Maybe. Okay. Okay. So, Ghostbusters. Starts with uh, Dr. Peter Venkman, played by Bill Murray, uh, and Egon. Mm-hmm. He has a first name. I don't know what it it's is. It's totally unmemorable. But he's played by Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yeah. And then, uh, 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 what's the other guy's name? The other actor? Ray. I don't know. Yeah, Ray it is. is the character. Oh, Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd. Dan yeah. Aykroyd plays Ray. And these three guys are working for a university and studying the paranormal. And. They get kicked out of the university because uh, your methods are poor, Dr. Venkman. You treat science like it's a hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so they go and they set up business on their own and they chase ghosts on their own uh, with, as, a, as a whatever, as a business. And so they run a bunch of commercials and they go all over the city and catch people's ghosts. And as soon as the first, it is one of these like snowball effect things where like nobody believes in ghosts, nobody wants to talk about ghosts. Mm-hmm. And then the Ghostbusters show up and run a couple ads and then pretty soon, you know, and, and once it's people realize that they're serious, suddenly there's like ghosts everywhere and everybody's like, oh, I had one of those actually. We just didn't really, what is it like? Like, oh, all the staff know about the disturbances mm-hmm. on the 12th floor. And like, really? How long has that been there? But, like, they didn't, nobody really want to talk about it, and you sort of could sweep it under the rug and apologize to the patrons. And until the Ghostbusters show up, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's ghosts everywhere, and everybody's talking about ghosts. And, but along the way, they make some enemies, including Walter Peck from the EPA, who decides that they're. What do they do? They're they're something about toxic waste yeah, or I don't know. Pulls, yeah, right. pulls some some I don't know. Whatever bullshit and shuts down their power grid. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the ghosts are all released from the power grid from their their confinement. The Ghostbusters have been catching and trapping the ghosts, and now they're all free. Ah! And this massive release of ghosts and ghost energy is the sign of the end times and it alerts uh the gatekeeper uh played by uh 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 she's oh Sigourney Weaver Sigourney Weaver yeah. yeah played by Sigourney Weaver and the key master played by why am I spacing on names today the character's uh, name is Lewis he's like this Oh, yeah, and he's in... He's in uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, He plays Dark Helmet in Spaceballs. I am so sorry, whatever your face is, whatever your name (laughs) is. Um, And those two unite and release an ancient uh, uh, Babylonian... Uh, no, no, the, one of the whole jokes is that they keep calling it Babylonian, someone uh, corrects them. Sumerian? Sumerian, yeah, an yeah. ancient Sumerian, like, god of destruction, uh-huh. who uh, terrorizes the city in the form of the Stay Puft Man, and the Ghostbusters murder the Stay Puft Man, mm-hmm. which is a, you know, whatever, 60-foot-tall marshmallow mascot, and they blow him up, and it spews marshmallow guts all over the city, and they're heroes, and they live happily ever after. And Bill Murray gets with Sigourney Weaver. No, totally bangs Sigourney who Weaver. Who you're supposed to, like, root for them to be together. The yeah, there's that way. little, there's, like, the, the music flourishes, and he, yo, oh, it's the, <laughs> the romantic subplot comes to a head. He, yeah. Yeah, without saying a word. Like, like she, she, he rescues her, and she doesn't say a word for the whole rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he sweeps her off her feet and, like, carries her down an elevator and probably, I don't know, bangs her in a closet or something. I don't... <laughs> yeah. So, that's the movie. So, now you have to explain okay, yes. why you like this movie. <laughs> um, I mean, I think a lot of it is, like, I, I, I don't know if they're pioneers at this, but it definitely was, it, it was, like... No, they're definitely not pioneers of this. The Marx Brothers did it. But just this, like, joke a minute. Not joke okay. a minute. Just joke density. Just constantly. There's always mm-hmm. someone in the background of some shot going, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Or some some visual gag. 
or some character, you know, is making some callback joke to something that some other character said 30 seconds ago and just, um, you know, whatever, uh, someone's, when they're, uh, Walter Peck from the EPA and also the Ghostbusters are brought before the mayor and they both have to, uh, they both have to present their cases and then, you know, so the EPA guy says, like, you know, says this whole thing and the Ghostbusters have been doing this awful thing and whatever and someone calls him dickless and he's, I'll get you Mythbusters and the mayor says, like, is this true? And Bill Murray just looks straight into camera and says, yes, sir, it is true. This man has no dick. <laughs> and just like, I don't know, there's just a thousand little lines like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwaway, throwaway jokes like uh-huh. that. And I guess it's funny enough that I didn't notice, again, until this viewing, how flat and, uh-huh. like, the characters are. Okay. That, like, there's just so much else going on that the they're, humor they're more... It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The humor carries it, uh-huh. and the characters are more there to shepherd the plot along. Okay. Um... But I do think also partly, again, well, yeah, that I saw this when I was... This doesn't actually explain your case at all. But for some reason, I thought it was funny when I was younger. And I can see why the jokes wouldn't land if you showed it to a kid maybe today. Yeah. But they're funny because I saw them and thought they were funny when I was six or eight or whatever. And so Uh now it's just perpetually a funny movie that I remember enjoying. Yeah, I can see that. You, and you think that's why so many people like it's like it's I, huge I think it's also very stylistically unique I think it's very uh-huh. it's iconic in the in the most literal sense of the word like the iconography of this movie is so easy to like so well designed and so catchy and so easy to like grab onto hmm do you think it's also the song? My mom, yes. my mom would always joke. She would be like, your dad doesn't want to watch this because he likes the movie. He just likes the song, Emily. Yes. You don't have to watch the movie. Like, it's just about the song. So do you think it's the song that, like, made it really famous? I kind of think I it's don't know. I think I think it's got to be part of it. If I I'm, think it's a like, big part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. By the time I saw it, it was already a classic. Oh, yeah. Same. So, okay. But if you're in the audience and you... Haven't seen Ghostbusters yet. Good job. Lucky you. And also... <laughs> and also do it just to say you did. Just because it's no. a classic. <laughs> and you have to do it at least once. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. And that's fine. I'll forgive you. I would say just listen to the song. Mm-hmm. And then watch this, the new one. Not mm-hmm. the second one. The new one. Because that's a lot better. Yeah. But the song is good. I, I do like the song. Who are you going to call? So, madness in Ghostbusters. Yeah, like we said, there isn't a lot here, so this might be a short episode. But we're gonna we're gonna go through what we found uh-huh. and what we what we saw, and yeah, we'll dig into what we got. Yeah, there's some. There's yeah. a little bit. Um, I think my big top line point, my bullet point, would just be that this is essentially a conspiracy theorist like wet dream that this is like this is everything from like ancient you know archaeological references you know ancient cultures you know in the you know you know you always watch ancient aliens did the sumerians know something we didn't Mm -hmm. um 
architectural, right? Like there, be, you know, I feel like that's always such a thing. Is if you measure the Washington Monument in centimeters, the number comes out exactly <laughs> the same number as was written in this text in 1743 yeah. by this French person over here, which also connects to this ancient Indian ruins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, they have all the like. The 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 roof of the building. It, all the bolts are made of selenium. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also and there's like secret societies, and there's all this. Ugh, like it, it just it felt like what would happen if some some conspiracy theory somewhere turned out to be true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, pick your favorite one. What the Denver airport? Like, what if the Denver airport turned out to be something really really important? Like, if the Denver airport was turned into be a spiritual portal to another dimension, like, that's what this movie is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, and I think we dismiss a lot of those people in real life as, like, you know, whatever, the wackos, you know, the dark corners of the internet. Don't go over there. You don't know what's, mm-hmm. you don't know what's happening on InfoWars. You don't, ooh, don't touch that. Those are the crazy people. We don't, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, it is interesting to see that turn on his head and be like, no, they're the good guys, and they're just trying to do an honest day's work and save the city. Yeah. Um, which I thought was it's kind of interesting and not, you don't see that a whole lot. Yeah, Because even in the, true. I don't know, even the Da Vinci Code, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, it's a different tone. It's not like, good guys just trying to make a living stumble into something wild. It's all dark and secrecy yeah. and evil and unseemly. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah, it's interesting because I like, I don't know, I think conspiracy theories can be so harmful. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I think in my experience, there's a lot of like bias and like very oppressive beliefs that are aligned with conspiracy theories. Hmm. Um, obviously, anti-vaxxers are the the number one um that i come that i think of that comes to mind Mm -hmm. instantly um is this like very very harmful conspiracy theory um and having been in kind of like anti-psychiatry circles um being you know i'm a mad pride activist and sometimes that like intersects with anti-psychiatry sometimes anti-coercion intersects with anti-psychiatry sometimes it doesn't but anti-psychiatry can be quite a conspiracy theory circle and that feels it, it's so incredibly harmful um the the conspiracy like nature and i find it cult-like at times um <laughs> which has caused like yeah just um a lot of for me personally, um, it, it feels alienating and it feels awful sometimes, just just plain awful. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. I, I sometimes I have, I guess, a complicated relationship with the whole idea of conspiracy theories that like yeah. sometimes madness and conspiracy theories go together. And I'm like, yeah, mad pride, like. Maybe, like maybe it comes from a legitimate place. Maybe people have a legitimate reason to believe conspiracy theories. Maybe they could be real, some of them, but then a lot of them are so incredibly oppressive and just just horrifically um, bigoted that it's it's really hard to like yeah. yeah to be to be like excited about a movie that sees them 
in a good light. Um, yeah. Even Can though it's funny, it's it is a yeah. it's like a funny thing. Yeah. Can I like lightning round conspiracies at you and you tell me what's the most oppressive thing about them? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nine eleven truthers. Yeah, I don't know that. I, I was thinking of those. Like, <laughs> I don't know that those are oppressive. You know, like, um, and I, I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe there's like truth in what they're saying. You know, I'm not a nine eleven truther, but um, maybe they're on to just corruption in general, and that's kind of a channel for them to be uh, to have legitimate feelings of anger about the government and like a, a way to kind of deal with feeling powerless. Um, by the government, so like I, I don't know, I could see how that's sort of a um, like a more of a valid one or more of a one that's not necessarily mm. like a, oppressive um, or biased against groups of people as much. George Bush hates black people. <laughs> Is that a conspiracy theory? That's not a conspiracy theory. It's Kind of more that's, factual. I mean, oh, yeah, exactly. That's just, that's just true. That's just a fact. Uh, American Idol was rigged the whole time. That's not, that's not a conspiracy. It totally is. People say that? Yeah, I read a book about it. There's a book about it? Yes, I read a book about it. That's amazing. <laughs> it's probably also, true. Also fairly, yeah. That's probably, yeah, like reality TVs. Totally. Like, yeah. Oh, my God, totally. Yeah. Yeah, no. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know what they're editing out. So even now, I'm just like, yeah, like what gets labeled a conspiracy theory and what doesn't? And like, that's just an interesting idea of like what's constructed as as a conspiracy theory and what's not. And how much does it have to do with the credibility, you know, of whoever's saying it or the, the yes. perceived class or prestige of whoever's saying it um, rather than like the factual truth or the oppressiveness. Yeah. Like I think a lot of things that aren't oppressive and aren't harming anyone are also labeled conspiracy theories. And it's like, okay, like people have a lot of strange beliefs that aren't labeled conspiracy theories too. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess to elaborate on that point, yes. I do think I, one of my other fascinations in this movie was a couple of times at the beginning, like they, they explicitly ask people if you have a history of schizophrenia or like talk about, you know, the schizos over there and whatever. And a lot of what the Ghostbusters are doing is almost legitimizing the quote unquote schizos that they, because of their position or whatever, uh, because they're seen as legit, then the, the quote unquote schizos tell the Ghostbusters about their whatever apartment that's been haunted and the Ghostbusters, co you know, the Ghostbusters treat as if it's legitimate. And then the public, the general public says, oh, well, of course we listen to the Ghostbusters. My gosh. But they're more, they're almost like a conduit for legitimacy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And just that it's so fascinating that even the Ghostbusters have prove that ghosts exist and are real and everybody believes the Ghostbusters, but people still don't believe the quote unquote schizos. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they're scientists, because they have PhDs, probably because they're white men, um, they get believed and they're credible. Um, and what they say gets taken seriously. Um, and it's not the same with mad people. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, 
But at the same time, I also felt a little bit like they were seen as like almost marginalized by science. Um, and they themselves were seen as kind of crazy because of their beliefs and because of what okay. they did. I have a theory on this. Uh-huh. Uh, and my theory is that that they are sort of placing themselves right on the boundary of, like, regular, of whatever, society and the crazies. And that goes both ways. And that that, that, that swings both ways. And so that's, they're using science as their, like, shield, as their legitimacy. Like, sir, we are scientists. But then if you take away the science, if you actually ask Bill Murray where his PhD is from, then suddenly they're not legitimate anymore. Now they're more on the side of the... Now they're more like the crazies and less like the normal people. And the science is, like, the, is like the thing that's, like, separating them or letting them walk that thin mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think so. They're, um, but yeah, so they, they do end up getting kicked out of the university and, yeah, um, when they're perceived as being more like the crazies and less like scientists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I found that just really interesting that when, yeah, when they're kicked out, I think, yeah, what did you say? He says, the Dean says to them, uh, your methods are poor, Dr. Venkman. <laughs> yeah. Your methods are poor and you treat science like a hustle. Yeah. Is that what he says? <laughs> Among other things. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I found really fascinating. You treat science like a hustle. Um, and then it like just a few scenes later, they go into private business. Um, and you have them on a commercial saying like, we're ghostbusters and we believe you. If, if We're you... ready to believe you. And then yeah. all point to camera at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's their like key line. Like we believe you if there's something in your house, we're not going to call you crazy. We're going to believe you. Mm-hmm. And I found that really interesting that that was almost like juxtaposed, um, with, the idea that they think science is a hustle, like that the fact that they believe people is unscientific, mm-hmm. that science isn't about believing people. It's not about going to their homes and just agreeing, you know, okay, what you're saying is accurate. We're going to try to find out what's going on. It's about being skeptical and like denying people's reality. And if you don't, if you're using science to believe people, to believe what they say or to grant legitimacy to people who don't have um, beliefs that are considered scientific or considered rational. Then, or can be proven to be scientific. Yeah, then, like, what you're doing is is a hustle. It's a game. It's a joke. It's not real science. It's not contributing to mankind. Um, which so, is, yeah, which is interesting that even the screenwriters seem to believe that. Mm. That's not just the characters. And, like, the, the, like... Bill Murray, like they show him at the beginning, is sort of using like a research experiment to like pick up chicks essentially. Yeah. And like they're totally on the scientist side. Like this is the lesson that Bill Murray has to learn is that science isn't a joke and these things are real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wanted Bill Murray to like grow as a character. I was kind of hoping that it would be about, like, a man who had lost faith in science, like, rediscovering that, like, there's other ways to do science that aren't, like, such a, yeah, like, that aren't, I guess, so, that don't require such, such an amount of, like, cynicism, um, but, nah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not really. No. 
And uh, I think it, it was also interesting to me that even for a movie that's entirely about, like, believing the crazy people and maybe the crazy people are onto something, that they still... Even that is such a limited, narrow band of what what it's okay. Like, they're opening the door just a sliver, just a tiny little bit. Like, these specific kind of people are okay, are, 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 are should be treated more humanely and understood better. And then you have uh, just the rest of the movie around it just totally shitting on uh, mad people or anyone non-typical, I mm-hmm. guess. Like, I don't know, like, Ray is the, the example mm-hmm. that I keep coming back to. We're just like, I don't know, Ray is the slow one on the team, air quotes, around that. Uh, but he's, he's always the one that's like, well, I don't know. And then, you know, and then he's the one that summons the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, right? They're like, okay, we're going to be logical. We're going to clear our heads. We're going to all take this very... Ray, what did you do? And he's like, I'm sorry. They're like, Ray, I didn't mean to. (laughs) Yeah, the other person that I think they constantly shit on that I just, like, could not deal with um, was Lewis. Lewis. Who's like, um, yeah, I forget the actor who plays him, but he's just this, like, short guy, like, nerdy-looking, wears glasses, like, um, sort of feels like he's trying to be a, a Woody Allen thirty years, yeah, you know, thirty years younger. Yeah, I think so. Sort of the the the, the neurotic Jew. Yeah, like very neurotic, very like very autistic. Like mm-hmm, keeps mm-hmm, on yes. like asking Sigourney Weaver out, and like she's like clearly uninterested, and he keeps like persisting. Or okay, whatever. I'll call you. Yeah, um, like like not a real autistic person like a stereotype of an autistic character yeah kind of last week we talked about the difference between like deciding on like looking at a list of like dsm criteria or something for autism or like making a list of what you think autism means without having met an autistic person and being like okay i'm gonna create a character like that versus just like creating someone who like happens to be a little autistic and i feel like yeah, like, this is a version. This is an example where they were like, how can we create, like, the most... They probably didn't say it in this language, but, like, almost, like, the most disabled, like, the most, like, stereotypically autistic person that we can think of. And, like, out they come with this, who's supposed to be, like, so funny and just, like, hilarious. He just doesn't get a hold. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's so short. He's so ugly. He's so Jewish. They, of course, don't have him explicitly Jewish, but he's totally supposed to be Jewish. Um, Mm, He's an accountant in New York. And he talks about money all the time. Like, yeah. And the actor's Jewish and he looks Jewish. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's it's just, like, this movie just, like, massively, like, shits on him. And, like, not in a, like, smart way. Not in a, like, oh, this is interesting satire or anything like that. Just in a, like, this character by virtue of existing is supposed to be the funniest thing. Yeah. Since sliced bread. Yeah. 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 And that he's, like, with a hot girl. Right? The party the party is, uh, like, yeah. dancing with the hot girl and, like... Oh, yeah, And, like, yeah, yeah. how does that ever happen? Oh, my gosh. That's so... Yeah. What a cornball. How does... Oh, what a character. Or that he, like, kisses Sigourney Weaver, and that's supposed mm-hmm. to be, like, so funny. Was it? 
I don't know. I, I thought didn't think so. it was. Oh, really? It didn't strike me as funny. Okay. Maybe not then. <laughs> they were both possessed by demons or whatever, so. Maybe yeah. Not. Yeah, I thought we were not past the funny part. Oh, it wasn't funny. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I was wondering, do you think we've grown out of characters like that? I can't think of any in recent movies. Yeah, I can't tell whether I just have stopped watching movies that would have characters mm. like that or whether yeah, we as a society have like grown out of that and that's like stopped being funny. Yeah, because you'd probably see it in, yeah, PG-rated or things like first movie that comes to mind is something like Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, yeah. Something yeah, yeah. like that level of just like dumb. Where mm-hmm. it more or, or not dumb, but it, where it's a joke and a series of jokes carrying the movie and there's some actors in it. Yeah. I'm thinking of like what dumb comedies we've seen recently. Like I was thinking of, um, what did we see? The one with Kevin Hart. Um, oh, uh, 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 night uh, uh, night school. (laughs) Like even that didn't quite have a character like Lewis. I think they made fun of like a couple stereotypes, but they still weren't. There was no Lewis. Yeah, there was no Lewis. And I felt like even the like mom or whatever was like, she still was allowed to be a real character a little bit. Just a smidge. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Enough that I liked her. Yeah, enough that we could say that, yeah, she's not Lewis. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's positive. That's progress. I think. I don't know. It wasn't as good of a movie, but the characters were more developed, so that, that not even, well, not all the characters. Yeah. But I mean, the main character also, like, had a learning disability, and, like, he was still allowed to be the main character, and, like, it was fine. It wasn't, like, yeah, the sad sob story. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's it was. Better. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was a mixed bag. Like we yeah. we were talking about doing that one, right? Yeah, we were yeah. talking about doing that for the podcast, and it just didn't. Yeah, it's feel not right. right. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm wondering if we've grown out of characters like Lewis, though. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so too. I want to believe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what else? What other things in the movie would you change or fix or flesh out if you were going to make this, I mean, one, a more rounded movie, but two, I guess, be more, I don't know, mad inclusive or what am am I trying to say? Make it more mad positive and not just, like, open the door a little bit so it's not just listen to the schizos. Yeah. And everyone else is still there. Well, I still don't even think it's quite, like, listen to the schizos. Like, I feel like they show people who, like, maybe are a little perceived as schizo, and it's kind of like a joke or whatever. Mm-hmm. Louis mm-hmm. has, like, a straight jacket, and they're oh, like, oh, yeah. no, he's just being possessed. Give him to us. Don't take him to lockup. Um, but I don't know. They don't show anyone who's, like actually matter they don't show the consequences of like actually having a belief system like this in the contemporary Mm. world as much um yeah they kind of skim right past that yeah yeah i guess they do show being thrown out of the academy but yeah but i don't know after the stay puffed marshmallow man stomps through your town don't you think everyone's like fundamental beliefs about how the world operates (laughs) would be like completely altered like i feel like that's like 
you know, all major religions, all, all religion is dead. Uh, <laughs> nothing matters. And uh, I'll, I'll praise the Marshmallow Man. <laughs> yes. Like that, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. They're, they don't show the consequences of that at all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They also, like, yeah, they just don't really show, like, Sigourney Weaver even, like, mm-hmm. she sees, like, she, she, her home is being, like, possessed by ghosts or whatever, mm-hmm. and, like, she's just allowed to, like, have that happen or whatever, and it's fine, and, like, I don't know, like, what I do feel like... What do you mean like, by that? Like, no one calls her mad. No one's, like, she's crazy. Yeah, because, and, because she looks like Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yeah, I feel like in contemporary society, I feel like even if she looked like Zigourney Weaver and she was like talking about ghosts in her home, mm-hmm. people would look her up. I don't know. It just would have been cool to see like some more consequences, some more people like actually like being faced with being told they're mad, being faced with lockups, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, yeah, or even just. I don't know, crazy, crazy Dan who sits on the street corner and tells everybody to watch out for the light post or something like, oh, turns out he was onto something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I also feel like Bill Murray could be, I don't know, could like, we could just see him like struggle a bit more with like being. Believe, do, believe or don't believe. What does it mean? Yeah. Or just like being the only one in this society to like know about this ghost and like know about what's happening and not mm-hmm, be believed. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets famous kind of early on in the movie, but like we could have at least seen him struggle a little bit before he gets famous. Just trying to, see, to convince like, people. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is the consequence of madness. Like this is what it's like to be the only one who like can see something that yeah. others can't like. Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause they are, they're kind of embracing that. That nobody else can see the ghosts, and they're kind of embracing the like, no ghosts are real, and like, very intentionally stepping over onto the other side of that line, mm-hmm. and saying like, it's safe over here. If you have science, it's safe to be on the far side of the line that delineates crazies from normals. Yeah. But for a while, yeah, it would would have been cooler if people didn't believe that, that they whatever they step over the line, and everyone goes whoa. Whoa, they're part of the clan of crazies now. They're mm-hmm. they're part of that out group that we don't talk to. Yeah, yeah. Mm, also, I would have liked Bill Murray to be less rapey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much of that is just like a, a fig I don't like an artifact of the times. Like I don't I think, think that I don't think that's the only movie that's like oh, super not at rapey. All. Yeah, no. But it's um, still super rapey. What else is he? He's in Animal House, right? Mm-hmm. That's super rapey. Is it? I don't remember. I think it's pretty rapey. I don't know. It's at least, like, incredibly objectifying and oh, just God, dehumanizing yes. and... Of course. Offensive and, and an amazing piece of artwork, but also just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> no, I watched... Yeah. In in film school, when I was learning about... When they're, you know, whatever, film theory one-on-one, and they're talking about, you know, music and how music changes the tone, we watched the same scene from Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner, twice. Uh-huh. First, and it's the scene where... Harrison Ford falls in love with Rachel mm-hmm. and the first time it's got this slow saxophone solo underneath and you're like, oh, this is, they're, they're lovers that are locking horns and they're, they're stubborn. They're both stubborn. 
but they love each other. Uh-huh. And then you watch it again without the saxophone solo, and it's like she's like telling him leave, and he's like blocking the door and like sticking his head through and like trying to kiss her, and she's like trying to get away from him, and it's like. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. You take the saxophone out and it's super rapey. Yeah. And I feel like that Ghostbusters was too. Basically, yeah. Bill Murray keeps like chasing after Sigourney Weaver mm-hmm. and like she's like closing the door on him and he's mm-hmm. like, how about a kiss or something? Yeah. yeah it's just, so creepy. I don't and, remember if he said exactly that, but yeah. And then he like, yeah, it's not, he said something else, but I don't know. But then he like injects her with Thorzine. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, after she's possessed by the the evil demon. Being possessed by an evil demon is no reason to inject somebody with Thorzine. <laughs> she was going to end the world? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, this is, yeah, this is, again, sort of the weird, like, are you believing the person or are you, be- like, what do you believe about the person kind yeah. of dichotomy? Like, like. But yeah, I like, I don't know. So he injects her with Thorzine and then he like, I don't does he like kiss her or he's, he's just being it's a little imp- like touchy feely. I couldn't tell if it was implied that they act cause she, she at one point is saying you want this body. And he's like, what is this? A trick question. And then she's like, come to me like the demon that's <laughs> possessing, um, the, whatever the woman, why am I spacing on her name? Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. The demon that's possessing Sigourney Weaver's body body doesn't give a shit about Sigourney Weaver's body. And Bill Murray lies his way into the bedroom with the demon. And then the demon's like, do you want this body? Take it. Dude, sex, go. Have fun. I, I don't, you know. And then it's... And then, yeah, and then when you cut back, she's asleep, and they sort of, like, pan over some, like, clothes scattered about the room. Yeah. And Bill Murray's like, she's taking a little nap right now, and then he kind of talks to her kind of romantically, like, hey, honey, you gonna we stay here until I get back, okay? And I can't tell, but I think there's a decent chance that's implying that they totally had sex, which yeah, is... Yeah, I didn't know if that was implying that, because he does say, I like, don't... oh, I don't get involved with possessed people or something, but I don't, I don't know. No, he said, he, well, he, yeah. But he says, like, that's a rule. As a rule, I don't get involved with possessed oh, people. Yeah. And then she climbs on top of him. He's like, well, it's more of a guideline than a rule, really. Yeah, it's a little rapey. It's a little rapey. Yeah. Mm. So take out the rape. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, and also I was thinking like, yeah, these demons are just like, they're like bad, right? Like, I think it would have been cooler if they like, I don't know, had legitimate reasons to Hmm. take over the world and unleash their chaos and a more sympathetic villain. Yeah. That would have been cool. That would have been pretty like mad friendly, mad positive. Hmm. Yeah. Mad people have legitimate reasons to be furious and want to like... Destroy yes. New York. Set everything on fire. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Demons could, too. <laughs> or whatever they are. I don't know. Ghosts. They're right. ghosts and then demigods. And I think I think some of, the, some of them are demons. And it's like a whole spectrum of weird. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yep. You, uh, you have your instructions. Well, hold on. Harold Ramis is dead. Mm-hmm. Is Dan Aykroyd still alive? I, I think Dan Aykroyd's still alive. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. You have your instructions, Dan Aykroyd. We'll uh, we'll be waiting for you on the th- sequel to the 
sequel to the reboot. <laughs> well, no, I I do think that the new guess Ghostbusters, the female Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. does that. Like I think, oh, it's definitely way less rapey. Although, like they objectify the male receptionist, just to like be perfectly clear about that. But mm-hmm. they're just very much like that's a satire on the first one. I think. Okay. It's like a look how ridiculous it is when we flip the genders and you're supposed to be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. Yeah. Fair. Um, I think. Maybe, I don't think they're trying to say that objectifying... Is men. fun for everyone! Yeah, like, let's just flip the genders <laughs> and it's all okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they are very much characters. They actually do cope with the real consequences of being like ousted by society and like feeling alienated and not having many friends, not having much family like to um around to like yeah support them in their belief system or whatever in their work um not being taken seriously both because they're women and because what they do isn't considered real science. Um and on top of that, it's very fat positive. Melissa mm. McCarthy is in it, mm-hmm. and she's not just treated like the laughing stock for existing. She like is actually a real scientist and like saves the planet, mm-hmm. um, and still gets to be her funny, awesome self. Um, and who else? Oh, Kate McKinnon is in mm-hmm. it. Yeah, um, and she's obviously just awesome all the time. Um, she's Kate McKinnon. Hello. Yeah, obviously. Um, and Leslie Jones, I think is her name. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, she's yes, fantastic. Yes. Um, yeah, it's... Because there's always got to be one black Ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> I think they... I'm not sure. I can't quite remember, but I think they do make fun of, like, the tokenization of, like, black people and, like, the sidekick role, and they're, like, kind of satirizing that. So, <laughs> yeah. It's a really good film, and it does everything that the first one should be doing. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I really need to see this right you now. You do. It's so good. Right now. Let's just stay up another couple <laughs> hours. <laughs> it is, um, it's like midnight here. So, yeah, probably not. It's just a peek behind the curtains. <laughs> yeah. So. So we're going to finish the podcast and then new Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and then Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then that'll be just in time. For us to wake up and do everything that we're supposed to be doing tomorrow. Mm, go to class. Cool. Great. Perfect. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Awesome. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Mad love. Bye. <laughs>